And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Pia Lammers, who during her near-death experience saw a bunch of people, which today we're going to learn about. Pia, thank you for joining me and welcome. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Well, if you don't mind, let's start with a little bit of your backstory before we go into your NDE. Okay. My NDE, uh, I basically see my uh, near-death experience as a major kick in the butt. Um, Spirit really, really shaking me to the core and uh, showing me what my life mission was and is and and has become today as me being a, a spiritual healer. I wasn't always this way. Um, I started out having a very rough life from a very young age. Um, it was quite a dark life. I had to learn very um, hard lessons and learn them the hard way. I was out of the house at 15, um, you know, dabbled in a lot of different things, had learned things on my own, uh, been alone quite a lot of my life. Um traveled a lot of different places and um, didn't have a lot of family support, got into uh, the bad crowds, got into addiction, um, abuse, a lot of different things in my life. And um, spirit always, I was always um, an empath and I was always a sensitive girl. And I was shown in my life that I knew certain things were wrong and I always felt them, but I, I, I felt I was angry. I was a victim and I just needed to go against the grain and I, and I needed to rebel and I would always do these things. So as I, you know, learned these lessons and I had to learn this lesson and that lesson and have this experience and, and that experience and, and quite a lot of dark experiences in my life and the wrong men and the wrong situations and, and the wrong places and people and scenes. And, and uh, so that led me down quite, quite a long winding road which um, led me to a very abusive relationship for a very long time, which also um, led me to um, be into addiction for quite a long time. And that's when my first um, near-death uh, experiences uh, first started and spirit tried to shake me. So I had um, I had two quite near-death experiences um, during uh, drug addiction. So that happened um, during that time. And um, so I, um, after that, I had, uh, I went to travel on with my life and move here and move there. And, and I thought traveling would make things better. Um, going here would make things better. But no matter where I ran, whatever country, whatever city, whatever province, um, I would change the color of my hair, I would change the, my boyfriends, no matter what I did to try to change things. I was running from me, I was always running, 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 running from something. And um, so anyways, there's, there's quite a long story in between. But um, about five years ago, my last near-death accident 
I was, um, I'd gone through quite a bit at this time and my, my soul was, was quite tired and, uh, I was living, uh, living from here to there. And this time I was living in the, in the mountains. I put myself out at this resort where I wasn't really around a lot of people and I didn't really want to be around a lot of people. And it was winter time and I was living on the side of a mountain that went down to a lake. So in the middle of the night, I wanted to go get something for myself and I knew it was a bad idea that tires weren't really good on my car. And I thought, well, I'm going to go anyways. I want to go get it. And that's it. So I, I didn't really think about consequences or what would happen or what wouldn't happen. I kind of had a risky behavior about me. And so I went traveling into town along this mountainside road and, and there was no lights and there was, it was quite a scary road at the best of times. And especially with a stump of snow. Well, anyways, I started traveling around this windy road at night and uh, took a corner a little bit too fast. And I started to slide towards the cliff. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, I'm sliding. I'm sliding towards the cliff. And I just hung on to the steering wheel and um, I started to slide. And I'm like, I thought I could control the car again and, and try to get some traction and get back on the road but I couldn't and I've I've slipped many times in the snow but never like this where I was going right for the cliff and there was no barrier so as I started going over the cliff I just gripped on and I remember thinking oh my god I'm gonna die like this is it because a cliff went straight down to the lake and it was quite far and I'm like this is it this is it and this is the moment of my death and um in a way I, I panicked I panicked I just panicked and I gripped on and I thought, okay, here we go. And I just gripped on and I had no time to really think. And, and the car started rolling and rolling and rolling and it rolled a total of seven times. But as it got to probably about the second roll or third roll, I remember being in the car and, and because I just moved there too, I was quite a, a gypsy and I had boxes in the back seat that still had a lot of my kitchen stuff in it. I remember there was dishes like bowls and plates and cutlery and everything. And it was all moving around in the car. And about the third roll, I went from panic to just feeling this complete sense of peacefulness. It just, I was still holding on the steering wheel, but I just felt like nothing. I felt peaceful. I felt quiet. I felt warm I felt just okay and but it also felt like what should have lasted a couple seconds last at least 10-15 minutes I felt like I was just hovering there and I could watch like the windshield break in half and come towards me I could feel this the whole back of the car just smashing in I could see the passenger side smashing in the window smashing I could see everything just so slowly like this and 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 as I was watching this and just felt like almost in a daze or a different place I I looked down by my feet and I saw a light and it was all what not a white light but a yellowy type light and it was down and I remember seeing that light and I also remember I was sitting in the car and it was the only place that hadn't been like 
smushed down in the car and and I I felt like I couldn't move like I was in this sort of cage but a very warm cage like my hands stayed on the steering wheel the whole time and I felt like I couldn't move I was almost like snuggled in there and I just kind of hovered hovered there for a bit and I don't really know what happened, but some I know something had happened there. And then it continued to flip another three times. And I landed, I landed at the bottom. Well, not the bottom, but it, my trees got hung up on the back window of the of the of the window of the car. And I was enmeshed in the snow. And um I had, I knew that nobody could see me down there because the car was completely covered with snow and there was no lights. There was really dark and there's no lights on that street on that road up on the mountain road and nobody would have been able to find me down there. So I thought I have to get out of this car. I have to get to safety. It's the only thing I thought. And so I started trying to just feel my way like this, like to, and looked for the lights up where the cars were. So I started crawling up the side of the mountain um, with my hands uh, my knees and my hands so I made it up to the side of the mountain and I was sitting there at the side of the mountain and I was just going like this for the first car that that came by and somebody stopped and said what are you doing here you're just sitting here on the side of the road and I'm like yeah can you drive me home I just live up the street <laughs> like I was like I was nothing and they're like uh where'd you come from I'm like oh down there like just like I was so completely out of it and they're like, no, we better call an ambulance. And I said, no, I'm okay. Just drive me home. And they're like, no, we got to call an ambulance because you got blood pouring out of the back of your head. And I said, I do. And, and so I felt and I could feel my, my skull and everything coming out of my skull. So anyways, ambulance came, took me to trauma. I was completely in shock. And um, so I found out I'd broken six ribs and I had to have my head stapled back together. And um, so I don't know how I managed to crawl up that, that mountain with six broken ribs and I not feel anything until I actually got to the hospital. So anyways, I got, I got home from the hospital and I'd lived quite a fair amount out of town because I put myself out of town. No car. I had no family or friends. Um, I uh, I had no support. Where I lived, there was I had no groceries. I had no way to get anywhere. I didn't know anybody. I I so I got home to this place, and I thought I I I went I went to bed that night, and. Um, And I can ask or travel, I can see things in my dreams as well, quite vividly. And um, so I went to bed that night and I woke up in the morning and something had happened to me. Like I remembered everything during that night because I woke up in the morning and I remembered seeing, I guess, during that download in that accident, I was shown and told. I remember where I went and where I went is when I hovered, it must've been then, cause it was all mixed up. And that's a part I, I didn't really understand. It was all so fast and hazy, but when I guess I went over to the other side, 
they told me I had to come back. I think my soul was so tired and I'd gone through so many things, abuse, addiction, being alone from a young age, not having any supports, not having family, not having anything. I just, in a way, and I'd gone and I've gotten through all that stuff, but at this time my soul was tired. And I think in a way my body did want to go off that cliff. And so when I got to the other side, I was running and I was happy and I wanted to be there, but I didn't hear, I, I heard, but I didn't see who was talking to me. And, and whoever was talking to me said, you have come so far. You've come so far and you're almost there. You have a mission to do. You have work to do. And you will know when you come back, you will, when you, when you go back, you will know, you will know what it is, but you have work to do. And you have come so far, you're almost there. It wasn't that much that they told me, but I, it was definitely very profound. So, and I know that what was around me was not a cage. My dad had died um, 20 years or maybe a little bit more, 20 years before and was told that my dad had wrapped himself around me, around he was sitting behind me in the seat and he'd wrapped himself around me because I knew I was coming back and yeah, my ribs were broken and, and everything. And, and he and, and said, the reason why I was sitting there is because you would have broken your back and you would have been in a wheelchair and you wouldn't have been able to do things and carry out your mission because my dad knows me. I would have done, wouldn't have done very well in a wheelchair and I probably would have given up or it would have taken me a lot longer to do my mission. So, um, so I know that was my dad that was sitting behind me as my, as my guardian, as my spirit, as to save me. And um, the people that I saw in the woods, I know I was running along, but I know that there was, there was a bunch of people standing in the, in the, in the forest and, and it was hazy and, it was foggy and I know it felt had a sense of feeling of home, of peacefulness, of serenity, of love, of I just want to run. I just want to run there. I I just want to I'm just run really fast and and just go. And um, I was stopped. And I know wherever I was going, I wanted to go really bad. Like I just I feel it. I wanted to just go. But I was told no. Your soul made this contract to do this. And I know you're tired, but there's a little bit more to go. And so anyways, I woke up like this. And I'd suffered from depression for all my life. Um, since I was a young teenager at all my 20s, really, really, really bad. I had di different diagnoses and everything. And I'd been on medications. And um, so... When I had woken up in the morning, I really suffered from depression really bad. And uh, I woke up in the morning and I felt like a different person. Like I, I, I was like, I don't feel like me. I feel completely different. I, there's something, it's like, it's felt like something was taken out of me, like a piece taken out of me. I was not depressed anymore. I was fine. I was sitting out in the middle of nowhere. I had I had no car, no supports, no friends, no food, no nothing. And I was like, 
it's all fine. <laughs> Everything is fine. Everything is okay. You know what? It's all good. There's nothing to worry about. Everything's going to be just fine. Like, I was like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> like, I was, I was, I had this peacefulness. I had this, this, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Nothing matters. And that, my personality change was, I don't know, I can't explain it. Like nobody, I, I don't know. It's like something taken, that part taken away and something given to me. And that's never gone away. I've never struggled with that kind of deep-seated depression again. What I did suffer from in the next little while is I became very overwhelmed with with um like seeing things and visions and i kept hearing shaman or shamanism i kept feeling like i had a mission i have a mission i i like nobody told like i knew i had to something to do but i it was an inner knowing that i have to do something i have to do something what do i have to do what do i need to do and and i was so confused by what I needed to do, but I knew I needed to do something. I, I needed to go towards something. I knew I had a mission. I needed to, to, to find out what that was. And I, I became very spiritual and um, started going to spiritual church, started gravitating more towards spiritual people, got rid of all the other kind of people in my life. My, my life started changing drastically. And, um, Yeah, it, it was it was a little bit overwhelming at times. I needed it to slow down because I didn't really know who I was becoming. I, I I had changed so much, it was a little bit too fast. So I needed that to slow down. But fast forward from from then to now, all my life I thought I was cursed. I thought, why me? Why me? Why me? Why did how am I going to live through this? How am I going to live through that? How, why did I have to go through this? Why do I have to go through that? And other people don't. Why do I have to be a victim? Why do I have to do this? Why can I have a family? Why can I have love? Why do I have to go through this? And, you know, like I always thought, am I being cursed? Am I a bad person? Like why? And um, now when I, when I look back now, and now I'm a spiritual healer, and, and I have a lot of people coming to me, I now exactly like a hundred, a thousand percent know why. And they told me I would know why, and they'd know, they would tell me why I would know my mission. And five years later, I definitely know my mission now. I'm healing people. I'm helping people. I'm helping people change their lives. I'm helping people take over, take out you know, find the roots of their issues. I'm, I'm, it's, I, I can see, I can, I can channel, I can, I'm a little bit psychic. So, um, yeah, it's been pretty amazing. It's been pretty amazing. Um, regardless of where I came from, you know, I don't even, I don't even think of that. I think of all of it as just, um, beautiful lessons now. You know, I wouldn't take it back. It just molded me for to who I am. Pia, thank you for sharing your experience with us. Mm -hmm. So are you saying that the reason that you had all the suffering in your life was because they were lessons for you to learn? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I think the more you go through these hard lessons and you're able to go through it, I I, I think it just makes you wiser. It may it gives you the ability to grow stronger and just gives you more empathy, gives you more compassion, gives you more acceptance of other people. It lets you, you know, we're here to love, you know, and it's all about love. And it's if you can go through some of these things and then see your fellow neighbor and see that they're going through the same things and have compassion and empathy. That's what we're here for. We're here for in this earth school to, you know, to grow our souls and to learn lessons and help each other. So is there anything that we can do to ease our suffering or to learn quicker? I think when you're in it, it's really hard. And it's really hard to see that darkness when you're going through it. I, it's really hard when people says, just, just get over it. Or, you know, it's just takes time or when people say, when people say, oh, just get over it. It's not that easy. But if you can find in your heart, you know, to accept or forgive or try to not sit in that too long, try to work through it and try to let go and try to see the lesson in it. Like, why did it happen? What did I learn in this lesson? Say, for example, addiction. Yeah, it was an addiction and I got through it. But what did I learn from it? What did I learn from, from being an addict? And I learned, okay, maybe I, I was homeless and I had no money and I had to scrape for every cent or I had to eat out of garbage cans or whatever. What did that teach you about yourself? What did that teach you about other people? You know, just and look at how far you've come that you even had to go through that. And give yourself a pat on the back. That's a huge life, life lesson you just went through. And don't feel bad about it. You got through it. Do you think that you chose these lessons pre-birth? Absolutely. I think I had a lot of karma to go through. And I think I've, I've been through many, many lives. And I think this life, um, I had a lot of karma to clear. And I, I think I've done other things in other lives that I had to clear. And I've had to um, do more work on myself. So this half, this first part of my life was clearing a lot of karma, getting through a lot of lessons. And the second half of my life was to, um, to pay it forward, to help others, to help heal, to help show, to help show the way. I would say that is your mission. Yes. In helping people, have you seen patterns that, that, arise over and over again with their suffering or their or their problems yes yeah i do especially with the work i do now with hypnotherapy and a lot of people you know they go to therapy and they go to counseling but a lot of the blocks what i see are in childhood you know and they carry these wounds you know things that have happened to them in childhood or even past lives and um so past lives they might carry um some trauma that the the last life was very traumatic for the for the last life and it just couldn't um go to the light so a part of fragmented part of that of that lifetime sticks onto the soul and it keeps reliving this life until we try to clear it for a past life and also if i do an age regression 
sometimes they don't know they're living out guilt and then guilt or shame and then they feel guilty in relationships they feel guilt at work they feel guilt here they feel guilt there but we have to go back to where the guilt was rooted from and we sometimes most times it's at a very young age in childhood and we just have to go back and rescue that inner child i guess it's probably hard to remember those periods of your life when you're really young and so you can discover those through hypnotherapy yeah because of the subconscious the subconscious is in a very intelligent mind and that subconscious is basically your filing system for your soul it remembers all your soul lives everything even from the birth even from you being in your mother's womb so that's how it's very helpful for finding these roots and whatever you can't think of or remember consciously your subconscious remembers everything you need to know that's why I call it universe, my my business universe, because everything is in you. All the answers you need to seek, it's not outside of you, it's in you. You have the own universe inside yourself. Do you practice QHHT? Or if not, is there a certain style that you I do? I practice um parts therapy where I talk to the part and I talk and I practice uh past life regression and I practice age regressions. I'm a little bit unclear on your NDE, but I feel like perhaps before you were going in slow motion, witnessing the car flipping over and over again, that's where you had the experience of seeing your father and seeing the people and running. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. It's when I was in the car and hovering, that's when it happened. But so much other things have happened. My head was split open. My head was hemorrhaging. I was in trauma. I was in a shock. All this other stuff was happening. So it's not until later on when my body was asleep that night, I I could put it all together, Mm. you know, and the car flipped. It was in seconds, but I know I remember being in the car and it lasted like 10 or 15 minutes. So something happened in that period. I wasn't able to put it all in my head together, but I remember that night and within the next morning, it all became very clear to me, but it definitely happened in that moment in the car accident. Maybe I didn't, I couldn't put it together all in that moment, but later on, I, I was able to know what happened in that moment. It seems like that experience was the final pivotal moment in your life, which caused you to have this massive change. Yes, it was, it was amazing. It was, it was the moment and I've had other moments um, before that, that were massive. Um, Years ago, I, um, I was pregnant and I gave birth to my baby daughter and she had died um, right after delivery. And I was, I was, I was coughing and everything right afterwards. And I didn't know what was happening. So they sent a respiratory therapist in to see me right after. And then they sent three men in from ICU to see me right after that. And I was shallow breathing. And um, so they put a shunt in my neck, right when I was still in the labor bed. And they brought me very quickly into ICU. They made it seem so casual, like, oh, we're just putting a shunt in your neck and we're just taking you up to ICU. I guess they didn't want to make me freak out (laughs) because I just lost my baby. And um, so that was already traumatic. And I was already like, I just 
my baby just died and now I'm going to ICU. I don't, what's happening here, you know? So they made me sign forms with a social worker and put me on the ventilator and um, I was crashing because what had happened, I don't even know how this happened, but I was dying. I had, my lungs were filling up with fluid and I was drowning within myself. If I wasn't in the hospital, I would have died. So I don't know if my baby was my angel or she had to die in order for me to live. I don't know, but they still don't know why that happened to me. But within an hour, I had pneumonia coming up in my lungs. They had to shoot me up to ICU, put me on Lasix, put me on the ventilator, couldn't breathe. And I was in ICU for five days and then in the hospital, probably for another week, trying to get my lungs um, back together. So, so that happened. And uh, I got through that. And then when I got home, um, I about a couple weeks afterwards from the loss of my baby, I thought I um, I went back into addiction. And then I um, took some pills and I tried to commit suicide. So I took some pills and I then took the other half of the pills. And but I just stood there with them in my mouth for a minute. And then I spit them all over the floor and I screamed. I just went, no. Oh, I screamed as loud as possible. And I started bawling my eyes out. And I distinctively heard, it wasn't my voice, but I heard, okay, that's all we needed to know. It was very fast. It was very quick, but it was very profound. It was like, okay, that's all we needed to know. And I passed out and I woke up and I, and I knew that that was them saying they wanted to know, did you want to live or did you want to die? And because I spit those pills out, they know I wanted to live. So what happened those next days is I knew I was getting back into addiction and I knew I was gonna, I didn't want to die. So I had to make a radical change. So the next day I started packing up my stuff. I saw this movie, Eat, Pray, Love. Okay. I know it sounds funny, but I saw this movie, Eat, Pray, Love. And I saw what she did the next day. And I said, I'm doing that. I packed up all my stuff, put it in storage, bought a ticket to Bali and left. I left and got my backpack. And I said, I have to go save myself. And within three weeks of that, me trying to kill myself, I was gone. And that's one of the best things I've ever done. And I know that was spirit pushing me to do that too. So I've had a lot of ins and outs and detours and them trying to set me straight, you know, along the way. And I know that, and I've been given a lot of messages because I have something, had something important to do. This was my mission here, but I kept, I had some hard lessons to go through and these hard lessons were painful. And they were hard to get through. And I didn't know if I could be able to do it. But I did it. And now on the other side of it, I help so many people that have some of the same issues that I had. And, um, but I can understand. And at the end, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I just want to go. And, uh, but I was really shown and I was given a helping hand. So that cliff, that day, I would say, 
part of me did die because another part of me lived a bigger part of me just awoken like yeah i didn't i didn't come back from bali for you were there for a few weeks for about a year and a half oh for a year and a half wow yeah and i spent a year and a half just um i said i wasn't going to come back until i felt healed and i spent a year and a half just on myself um healing myself and and doing all the spiritual things there connecting with balinese healers uh shaman like all kinds of things now this was before the nde where you crashed down the mountain right yes okay well then it sounds like you were you healed yourself but you still weren't on your mission yet no no because i oh no this was no, this was when I got back from Bali was 2016. And that's when I had the car accident mm. and I had was, had gone through something else. And that's, I still was lonely and I still had, was having problems with my ex-boyfriend and some things like that. And just couldn't find my place. I'd come back here. And I was really happy in Bali and I'd come back here and it just felt like all the weight of the world, everything that had happened to me here was just here again. And I just didn't want to be here. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be, to be back in Bali and I just was lonely and that's what was happening. And I just, I thought, what am I even doing here? Why am I even back? Like why, what's the use in anything? So that's what happened, I think, then. And that's when the accident happened. And after that, that's when I um, went back to school, went back to school and became a hypnotherapist and, and started doing all that. You heard voices telling you that's all we need to know from that one end Before, yeah. Right? And yeah. then you were running towards people to, in the next NDE. Yeah. Do you think those were the same people? I didn't see people in the um, in that. All, all I heard it was probably what I what I'm thinking. It's more it was more my spirit guide saying or or something. It, it, I didn't here i didn't see anything all i heard was a voice say do you want to live or do you want to die and i basically you know spit them out and they knew i wanted to live so then things started lining up for me very easily for me to go away and everything just fell into place i had the money fell into place the ticket fell into place I me mean, everything just fell into place within weeks for me to go and you know when things line up easily like that that's it's kind of like the universe giving you a hand you know when you're doing the right thing so that started to happen for me but I definitely heard a voice I heard a voice and it wasn't inside my head it was like outside but in I can't explain it but it's not something I saw and I it was something I saw but not with my eyes it was it was like inside my inner vision you know hmm. it's it's hard to explain <laughs> do you think that once you completely got on your mission 
everything in your life just totally fell into place and life is much easier and things just manifest for you? I would say, yes, it is much easier, but it's not perfect. You know, I, I still go through things and I, you know, I'm still, um, a soul having, um, I'm still in a human body, you know, and there's, it's still life. I still have to keep myself grounded. What I do tend to do now is I live a lot in up here. You know, I have to keep myself grounded a lot. I disassociate a lot. I, I'm a little bit spacey. I live all up in this realm where I have to connect with the earth a little bit more. Um, I do have my days, but definitely I don't stay stuck in that stuff. And I can definitely see before I was um, very much a victim and I would take things on very personally and think, oh, it's because of me. I'm a bad person. You don't like me because I'm bad or, or because I did something and I'm, I'm sorry. And all this now I, I can set healthy boundaries. Now I can see that it's not all me and I can stand in my truth and I, I, I'm able to to speak my truth and and it's you're not going to get along with everybody and not everybody's I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea, you know, so and that's OK, you know, so I I have acceptance around that and I can let go of what I need to let go if it's not good for me, if those friends or those people or those places or those things aren't good for me, I can let go of that now, you know, something still hurt and some things I don't understand, but then I'll take some time and I'll think about it and, you know, and I'll say, what's my part in this where before a long time I couldn't, I couldn't do that, you know, so I just try to not sit in things now today. But definitely a much lighter, much easier. And I seem to flow with the universe. Like I just, I don't try to control anymore. I just let whatever comes. Whatever's supposed to come, just comes. Even like being on your show today. It just kind of happened. <laughs> Do you fear so, death at all? Not at all. Not one bit. When I was um, going down the cliff and that sense of, of peace and warmness and unconditional love, and even the time with the pills and them telling me and being there for me and, you know, running towards that feeling of home and so many other things I've experienced for me and other things I've seen with my clients, there's nothing, there's nothing to fear. There's nothing to fear. There's no hell. There's nothing like that. You know, there's a review, like when you go on the other side and you see your, your spirit guides, yeah, they'll sit with you and they'll review your life, your life and see, okay, well, did you, did you go and set out to do what you're supposed to do? Did you learn your lessons? Maybe you didn't learn that lesson. Maybe you cut out early. Maybe you didn't finish what you're going to do, you know? And, um, if you didn't learn that lesson this time around, okay, well, we're going to send you back and you're going to learn the lesson this next time around. And sometimes that takes a thousand lifetimes, you know, but you just, it's, you're coming back to learn lessons, you know, mm -hmm. there's nothing to be afraid of. Have you ever thought about that? When we come here, we don't remember anything. So we don't know what lessons we're supposed to be learning and what is our mission. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> yeah, we don't really remember. And um, I wish I could remember, but um, but that's why we come down here. This I think Earth is very dense. And and I think when we have been, we have had lives on other planets and that sort of thing, we do remember everything because we're in more of a 5D or 6D or 7D or whatever. This is a 3D, you know, Earth. And this is why some of us that have lived on other planets and that sort of thing, we come down to the 3D and we we want to experience this because we can't experience this type of dense energy so and we can learn to forget who we are if we are wise souls or we've been around for thousands of lifetimes or we've come from other planets or wherever and there's lots of us here it's a melting pot right so i i would say I would say, yeah, you know, we forget. So we can find our own way through that lesson because we're very wise. We would already know it wouldn't even be a lesson. So we can find our way through that lesson and have that experience, you know, go through that. And that's why it's so painful here because it's we're, it's not like that on the other side or maybe some of the other places we come from, you know, go through pain, go through, you know, the death of a baby, go through addiction, go through abuse, go through all these different things to experience what that side is like, you know? How did you learn about lives on other planets? Was that through hypnotherapy and clients or have you experienced memories from your own? I've had a couple of experiences of my own, but I've also, and I don't really talk about those, but I, I, I have had a couple sessions in the last month where um, a couple clients have had past lives and they've actually, one has gone to Mars and um, that has been to a water planet and one of the water planets was destroyed and uh, their planet, was, she, her planet was destroyed and she was a water being. And it was very ancient. And um, so it almost like they escaped that water plant by mirrors and their souls almost went, I guess she just described it as mirrors, but going through mirrors, but that's how they escaped the destruction of this planet and came here. But I guess those were portals, but she described the portals of leaving that destructive when it was being destroyed um through therapy session because i've done a few um life between lives like those those couple and then the one on mars um she said everything was quite red and and um people live not that long only to their 20s and they go to um alien type school or some sort of school at a very young age and um start learning and they all speak with telepathy through their minds there very interesting sessions yeah i love doing that after watching this podcast people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions are you open to that absolutely yeah i'd love that what's the best way to reach you you can reach me through my website at www.universehypnotherapy.com and it's y o universe and then hypnotherapy.com do you have any other social media like youtube yes i'm also on uh instagram and facebook under universe hypnotherapy and i will have a youtube channel soon before we finish up 
Can you leave us with one last positive message? Well, I think the most positive thing of anybody is suffering out there with any of these things that I've gone through, just know um, it's just a life lesson. It's temporary and hang on because you just, you don't know what is, what spirit has just right around the corner for you. And as soon as you get through that hard, hard go, a beautiful thing is just waiting for you right around the corner. And it always happens. They're just waiting to see if you can get through it. And then they're waiting for you with a huge gift. It's just waiting right around the corner for you. And that's what I've experienced. And the spirit will never give you anything that you can't handle. Pia, thank you for that message. And thank you for being my guest. Thank you so much, Jeff. It was a pleasure. Likewise. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.